What did we learn from Kyle Whittingham's media availability at Pac-12 Media Day? We're talking about it on today's Locked on Utes. You are Locked on Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and thank you for making Locked On Utes your first listen every single day. We are available on all platforms, including YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. My name is JT Wister, so former intern inside the University of Utah Athletic Department. If this is your first time tuning into our show, make sure you guys like and subscribe. We'd love to interact with you guys in the comments as well. And on today's show, we're talking all things Coach Whittingham. The Pac-12 Media Day, we heard from Coach Witt, Cam Rising, and Cole Bishop. We'll talk about their comments on tomorrow's show. We're just going to focus on Coach Witt today because he gave us a lot of good stuff. And in order to help us dive into all of that, it's friend of the show and Ute Zone contributor Dante Guardi and Dante first is starting with what coach Witt just kind of talked about with the program uh, just him speaking on the state of the program overall he just mentioned that they are in a good place um, you know I think coach Witt recognizes how important the quarterback position of the Pac-12 success in general and he had some specific quotes later we'll get to about just how strong the Pac-12 is in terms of signal callers this year because he did stay really quickly talked about Cam what a tremendous player and leader he is overall um, not surprisingly he then went to how strong Utah is on the line of scrimmage and then also brought up them recruiting really well and I think that speaks to how this Utah football team wants to win games in the short term and long term future right you want to have a strong quarterback because that's what you need in the state of college football today you have to always be skilled in the trenches because outside of quarterback those are the mo- next most important positions in my opinion the ability to protect your quarterback and get after opposing quarterbacks and then in in order to do all those things, you just have to continue to recruit well. So I, we obviously feel like the program's in a very good state, and I don't think it's surprising to hear that Coach Witt feels the same way, Dante. All the points of emphasis that Coach Witt made um, were very valid. I uh, can't, can't agree with him more, honestly. Those are all the most important parts of having a stable or a, yeah, a stable um, program in college football, you know, emphasizing winning at the line of scrimmage, emphasizing the quarterback position, and emphasizing the recruiting trail are obviously the, some of the biggest aspects of um, running a college football program. And as of late, we've seen Utah dominate on those paths, uh, posting some really impressive recruiting classes, having an impressive quarterback in Cameron Rising, who's been a multi-year starter, led Utah to back-to-back Pac-12 championships. And you look at the line of scrimmage, that's where Utah has succeeded um, ever since they've joined the Pac-12. And just now more than ever, they've kind of just built off of the uh, the foundation that they laid in the early Pac-12 days and just kind of executed um, from here on out. And it's obviously shown on the football field and uh, on the record sheet. Yeah. And when you're talking about like losses in along the offensive line and defensive line, the only really notable one, I thought Paul Miley did a good job at the Utah team, but when Johnny Maia was in there, when um, I, there were other players in there as well, that I'm blanking on right now, but whoever else was in at the center spot, this Utah offensive line didn't miss a beat. That's why I feel confident in their ability to replace Miley. I've said for a while, my biggest concern is replacing Braden Daniels, but I have a good feeling about if that is Falcon Kalmatule or they decide to slide Satow out over however Jaron Kump, wherever he factors in, however they want to do it. That's kind of the one thing. But if you're talking about one spot in your offensive line overall, and then the defensive line, obviously everyone's back so that we know they're going to be better. And we saw much guys like Connor O'Toole got better as the course of the season dragged on. That's where I feel really good about the trenches as well. And I think it's exciting that Utah continues to recruit there really strongly too. So they're only going to stay that good there. The next interesting thing that coach Whittingham said to me that I thought was, is always fun to talk about is uh, he said he could care less about Utah being picked third of the preseason poll. Is this true in terms of like coach Witt doesn't really care where his team is ranked? Yes. You 
app, this man is 1000% going to make sure his team like bolts and board material says all that stuff. Like the, you're being doubted. You can't do it. All that kind of stuff. That's where this stuff still comes into play for me because then at the end of the year, this is just football programs in general, right? They act like they don't care. And then I get Georgia football in the national championship game after they win talking about how some media pundit said they were going to win only five games. Like the fact that they found the one guy who is low on Georgia football proves to me enough. Like they don't put stock into this stuff. Like they don't, if someone's high on them, they don't really care. But when any chance they have an opportunity to get bulletin board material or use it as motivation, they're going to. So I absolutely think once they get around to playing a USC or Washington, they'll at some point, someone throughout the week's going to go, everyone thinks they're better than you guys. And maybe they would say that regardless anyways, but especially now that they're being picked behind the bit of preseason poll. So I absolutely believe this is going to be bulletin board material, even though coach Witt did try to downplay it a little bit, Dante. Yeah, most definitely. As you were saying with the, with the point that you made saying, um, that uh, when there's praise, they don't really shed a lot of light on it. But when they get the opportunity to present that bulletin board material, material and use it as motivation for the uh, upcoming game, they'll do it every single time. And, and rightfully so. You know, we've seen it work in the past, like the Georgia thing. Whoever that guy, uh, one guy who said they go five and seven was, now everyone knows who he is because he said it. And the Georgia players were mocking him four months after he said it, um, after they won the Natty and unsurprisingly dominating in that national championship game. So, I mean, when you have the opportunity to use bulletin board material, you might as well do it. And um, when you're playing in a conference as competitive as the Pac-12, when you look at Utah's schedule, there's going to be competitive games riddled throughout. Like every every other week, it's going to be a one-possession game, basically. Whether it's you go into the, the, the non-conference games without a quarterback like Cam Rising, possibly, uh, you got to play two Power 5 teams back-to-back, Florida and Baylor. And then you look at the conference schedule, you got to go to Washington, to USC. I mean, there are so many, so many great games on this schedule. So you're going to have to bring your A game each and every week. And if, if using bulletin board material to get your players inspired um, is the, the course of action the coaches want to use, I'm, I'm not going to blame them whatsoever. And speaking of that bulletin board material, uh, Coach Witt did also mention how he kind of felt, he didn't say this straight up, but he mentions he feels like Cam Rising got some too because he thought it was crazy that Cam Rising wasn't even an honorable mention for the Pac-12 all-conference teams. You know, they go first, second, and then honorable mention. To me, it wasn't, and I'll talk about this later on the show with Porter Larson, uh, later on this week with Porter Larson. I didn't think it was crazy just because of how talented the Pac-12 is in quarterbacks, but also I, I feel like there's definitely a good argument for Cam being the third guy or the, even the second one of these guys on the team. It's just hard when you get the raising guys reigning Heisman winner back, the guy who leads the country in passing, and then a guy in Bonix who also did a really good job too. Bonix and Cam Rising are very neck and neck type of quarterbacks too. And look, the reason Bonix or Bonix's performance is not the reason that Oregon didn't beat Oregon State. It was their defense not being able to stop the run for the last quarter and a half basically of that game last fall. But yeah, I, I did I definitely see from Coach Witt's perspective and especially I think it's a good opportunity for Cam to use it as motivation that they don't pick him to be one of the top three guys because overall in the past, just history tells us when you doubt Cam Rising, doesn't really go well, Dante. Yeah, exactly. I don't. I don't think Cam is really gonna take it too heavily um, that he wasn't named an honorable mention because mm-hmm. I mean, was he named that in in years past? Maybe last year. Probably last year. I, I wouldn't doubt he it. One, but one of the couple. I mean, the first time that Utah won the Pac-12 championship, he probably wasn't even talk. He on definitely the, wasn't on the ballot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you see what I mean? He he definitely doesn't doesn't care too much about this, and I don't think Utah should. In general, you look at the you look at the competition, too. It's like at the end of the year, you know, Michael Penix and Caleb Williams and Bo Nix are all going to have more passing touchdowns 
than Cameron Rising. Does that mean that Oregon, USC, and Washington are going to be a more efficient offense? Does that mean they're going to be scoring more touchdowns when they get into the red zone? Does that mean they're going to be running the ball better? No, it does not mean that by any means. I mean, you look at last season. There's no reason to believe that Cameron Rising is going to score more touchdowns this year than he did last season, given that he might not even play the first couple of games. So, I mean, when you take into account that these awards are a lot of the times based on just like total stats throughout an entirety of a season, I mean, all those other quarterbacks are healthy right now. Cam Rising's, um, Cam Rising's definitely questionable for the first few games of the season. So, I mean, if you're going to take that into account, it's there. Are, those three are obvious picks um, above Cam. But like I said, that does not mean by any means that those teams are going to finish the season with a more efficient offense or a better record than Utah. Absolutely. And once again, it's just more bolts and board for Cam Rising, which I know that guy's always motivated anyways, but still think something he might be keeping on his board is once again, just people are starting to doubt him. And uh, he always does well when people are doubting him overall. And you mentioned his injury. We are going to come back in a second and talk about what Coach Witt spoke about on not just Cam Rising's injury, but Brent Keithy's injury as well. We are going to discuss that in one second. But first, I want to talk to you guys about the sponsor of today's episode in eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to vehicle and every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay guaranteed fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around, just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed get the right parts the right fit and the right prices on ebaymotors.com let's ride ebay guaranteed fit only available to u.s customers eligible items only exclusions may apply so make sure you guys head over to ebay motors to get in on all those great offers today all righty dante come back into this coach witt did speak about cam and brant he said both are on track he said brant is ahead and, and that they fully expect brant to be ready and then cam is gonna come down to the wire i thought maybe coach Witt on last week's show we i kind of predicted that i thought maybe Witt would say like he would keep the same mindset that cam has kept in his media appearances where cam has said i will be good for the florida game Witt was a little bit more like hey it's gonna come down to the wire it's gonna be close on this one too and Witt did elaborate on these quotes a little bit too coach Witt spoke to kind of the pac-12 media in general with ashley adamson and Yogi Roth standing on stage kind of leading a panel. But then after some of the media members got to talk with him, including our friend of the show and KSL.com's Josh Furlong, who asked Witt to clarify a little bit, and Witt talking about Cam's injury said, it's not me, it's the medical staff. If they clear him, I've got all the confidence in the world in Cam, but that's not our call. That's between Cam and the medical staff to determine when he's ready. We certainly don't want to put him out there prematurely or before he's ready, which I'm sure they won't do. But the point is, when you look at the timeline, when he's going to be cleared or projected to be cleared, it's going to be right down to the wire with enough time to prepare him to be ready to play for the game. And then they also discuss, well, he's going, which discussed to Josh Furlong, KSL.com. Well, he's going to be able to participate early on in limited fashion. He's going to be out there. He's been throwing for several weeks. So we just relay again on the medical staff to give us the parameters that we have to stay with him. But we've already been told, barring any setback between now and camp, he'll be able to do a bunch of stuff during camp and then continue to add that as camp goes on, as if everything goes as planned. And Dante, this is all really exciting stuff to me. Number one here in Brant is on track and that they fully expect him to be ready to go. I think it's great having the guy who torched Florida last year back in this game is going to be huge for Utah. And I'm encouraged that it sounds like Cam is making the right progress. And I, I think this is a very coach wit type answer on the topic, right? Just saying like, Hey, he's on track, but it's going to be close. So which is something like 
he's always going to err on the side of caution and would once again just not giving the media too much so i'm not surprised to hear this answer but overall i'm still encouraged about the progress that cam is making yeah most definitely i mean if he's going to be available for that florida game i think utah wins that game by two maybe three touchdowns you know i don't really rate graham mertz all that much and when you take into account the experience that cam rising has his escapability his avail his, his uh his ability to evade pressure and make a throw on the run uh, things like that, just extending the plane, adding an extra element to Utah's offense. That's what Cameron Rising does. And having that extra element would just add so much to this offense when it comes to um, versatility and when it, and just flexibility, you know, in terms of situation, situational football. Every single down, you know, that Cam Rising is going to be out there bringing it all and anything can happen. Whereas you're not really sure um, if that's the case with the other quarterbacks that Utah has. And if that's the case, maybe Florida hangs around and the inexperience of one of Utah's backups bites him, um, simply put. Whereas with Cam Rising, I, I, I just don't simply see that happening, you know. So with Cam Rising at the helm for the entirety of the season, I mean, this Utah team uh, seriously has a chance to win another Pac-12 championship as much as um, that's easy to say. I think that it's really coming to fruition and you look at the talent and the experience. I mean, I think that this Utah team might be more well-balanced than the last two were. So, I mean, with Cam Rising at the helm, just so so many more opportunities for wins, for points, just for everything for this offense to elevate and reach their full potential. Um, and then with Brant, I mean, I'm not too surprised to hear that, hear, hear that he's on track given that he was hurt in that Arizona State game last season, which was pretty early, and I think it was the, the fourth game of the season. So, I mean, he's had a while to recover, and I think that throughout the entirety of his, his recovery time, I mean, everything's been going uh, pretty much as planned. So definitely good to hear that he'll be back on track, though. You think of the biggest um, uh, the biggest passing play of that Utah-Florida game last year, it was when Cam hit Brant right down the seam uh, in the second half. I think mm -hmm. I don't know if that uh, drive amounted to any points, but I remember that play was just like a huge breath of fresh air because before that, Utah's passing attack wasn't really um, really doing too much in terms of uh, in terms of uh, stretching Florida's defense. So now with Brant back, that just adds another element of of versatility of um, another threat to Utah's offense. You think of Dalton Kincaid now going on to the NFL first round draft pick, and now you're bringing in Brant Keith or not really bringing in Brant Keith. Brant Keith is back. Yes, back, and he was the one starting over Dalton Kincaid that entire time. So you're still getting another quality top three, possibly the best tight end um, in the country in Brant Keith. So that just adds so much more. Uh, to Utah's offense and it, with both them back we'll really be able to see them reach their full potential yes we will and to your point I can't remember if that drive amount it either did amount to points or it might have even been the one where Tavion did yeah it. I knew I remember there were a few just brutal <laughs> For those of you listening I used air quotes when I said Tavion duh, didn't get it overall but yeah definitely exciting to hear about Brant's progress and I'm still encouraged about what we're hearing about Cam as well um, a couple other things that coach we talked about he was asked specifically about Jaquindon Jackson which I everyone was very excited to hear Jaquindon Jackson just get some mention at Pac-12 Media Day considering according to what we've heard from I believe it was Josh Furlong who also tweeted this out you weren't able to vote on a Utah running back for all Pac-12 team, which um, it just seems crazy to me. When you look at the past few seasons, look, I know that like last year, things kind of didn't go as as everyone had hoped with Tavion. But the year before that, when Tavion was leading the Pac-12 in rushing yards and came out of nowhere, just history kind of tells you to have a Utah running back. Also, look at how last season ended. DeQuinton Jackson was one of the looking like one of the best running back in the country. And I think he's going to this season as well. So for him not to be beyond there is a little crazy to me, but uh, when Co asked about Jaquindon, coach, Witt said he was a great asset to the team as a running back and he embraced the change and uh, gave them energy. And that was evident in the rushing attack, just the spark he provided. And just now that he's not spending all off season training to be a quarterback, but instead to be a running back, Dante, I just expect him to make a monster leap. And I have no problem saying I, I expect him to be one of, if not the best backs in the PAC 12. 
he also showed a little bit of a little bit of hands during that spring game as well. I don't think he had really any catches during the regular no. season last year. He had a, he had a bad drop actually. Game, I was like a has like a 40, 40 yard catch and run. So I mean, mm-hmm. that was awesome to see. And if he's adding that to his game, I mean, we're talking about a true all around threat who can end up being one of the best backs like in the NFL. Honestly, you take a look at what Quinn Jackson did in high school. I mean, as a quarterback, he was running all over defenses. Was a borderline five star. Um, recruit and now he changes positions has embraced that change obviously as coach which set said um, and I think that he's really just going to explode you look at the efficiency numbers last season averaging 6.8 yards per carry I believe I mean that is just phenomenal ran all over USC and Colorado scored a touchdown in the Rose Bowl as well I mean he ended the season on an absolute tear and that was only with three to four months of being a running back now he's got an extra seven months an entire offseason of training as a running back now it's just going to be it's going to be cake from here, simply put. And you look at how Utah's progressed on the offensive line throughout seasons in the past. I think that it's just going to be a gradual progression. And this is going to be a rushing attack that's only going to get stronger with more time as they gel together. And Jaquinn Jackson's going to be at the forefront of that. I fully expect him to believe uh, – I fully expect him to be at least a top three running back in the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be shocked if he finished as the best, though. And definitely a top 15, top 10 running back in mm-hmm. college football. Yeah, just with the signs he showed. And we just mentioned how athletic he is. Jaquindon is also so strong, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tell this really quick story. I, I play basketball at the Student Life Center sometime. Jaquindon was up there one day. Um, I tried to back him down. I, I didn't go anywhere that then. <laughs> and then he tried He tried the same the other way, and he just got – yeah, he just powered right through me. I was like, dang, that dude is – and I know how athletic and fast he is to be that strong, too. You're talking about a special Jaquindon Jackson season coming, in my opinion. And speaking of how strong Jaquindon is, let's talk about how strong the Pac-12 is overall. That was something that Coach Witt was asked about in general. And he did mention, not just in terms of the teams and how many eight-win teams return a lot of talent, which is also something Commissioner Kalyakov highlighted in his closing uh, or just his opening kind of press conference remarks overall. But you also just get how strong the quarterback play is. And Coach Witt even said he thinks that this is the strongest the conference has been in terms of quarterbacks pretty much since – he said maybe back to when Mariota was there, he, but he said he feels this group could even potentially be stronger too, which is just incredible overall too. and just speaks to the Pac-12 strength in general. And I think, look, I think it's what's going to make this year so incredible and crazy is how many talented teams there are. It's going to make for a lot of great games, a lot of exciting finishes too. And uh, I think it's not surprising here that Coach Witt understands what a challenge it's going to be overall. And uh, I believe that Utah will be more than up to the task, Dante. Yeah, when comparing the quarterbacks that are now in the Pac-12 to when like Mariota was there, you look at how much more explosive they are now. Like you think back to 2014, say, I mean, the quarterback of Oregon was obviously Marcus Mariota. Arizona had Anu Solomon, Arizona State, had, um, Taylor Kelly, uh, UCLA had Brett Hundley, USC had um, had uh, Cody Kessler. I mean, a lot of these guys are pretty much just pocket passers, whereas now it's Bo Nix, um, Caleb Williams, uh, Cam Rising, who can has who's obviously very underrated. Uh, athleticism you look at that touchdown he scored against Oregon State where he wiggled uh, through a bunch of defenders and tiptoed down the sideline scored that crazy touchdown so I mean nowadays the the quarterbacks are a lot more athletic a lot more explosive but I mean I think it just adds so much more to 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 the national spotlight that the Pac-12 is getting you know when you think back to like that 2014 season none of those other Pac-12 quarterbacks were really getting a lot of Heisman recognition I mean you even think of like a a Keith Hogan at um or Kevin Hogan at, at Stanford you know that's another guy who's like more of a pocket passer. Those teams were all very good, but none of them were really talked about a whole lot by the national media because they didn't really have a lot of explosiveness. Whereas now this year, the Pac-12 is getting a bunch of hype. And you even look at Oregon State with DJU, who hasn't even been that great in college. I mean, they're still getting a bunch of hype because of what he did in high school. So, I mean, you got so much hype around the Pac-12 this year, and I think it's going to live up to it. I, I really do, because a lot of these teams are so elite, and the quarterback play is just 
so explosive. You're going to see maybe three, four quarterbacks in the Pac-12 being hyped up, talked about in the in the, in the Heisman race throughout the year. I mean, probably I, I definitely at least two. I mean, definitely at least three when you think about Bo Nix, Caleb, and um, and uh, Michael Penix. But I mean, maybe even Cam could get up in there if he oh. if he uh, really if if he shows out early on against a couple of solid, respectable programs in Florida and Bay and Baylor. So I mean. Like I'm saying, this conference is so competitive. It's going to be so fun to watch this season. And I think it all comes back to uh, the guys at the forefront of these programs, which are most of the time quarterbacks and explosive ones at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one of the things definitely that's going to make it such an exciting year for the conference is all those Heisman contenders being up for it too. A couple other things that Coach Witt mentioned. Um, he just mentioned how, you know, someone asked him about getting complacent, having won two in a row. And he said, you know, it's pretty easy to motivate the guys when number one, we haven't made a college football playoff still and no one's three-peated which is something that's really exciting and a great opportunity for this team to do overall. Uh, Also just mentioned the culture of the Utah football program, just mentioned how, you know, the older players, since all these guys like the Cams, the Thomas Yasmins, the Devon Bailey's, the Brand Keithies are all coming back. They're great leaders and mentors to a lot of the younger guys. And the motto this team has is you will become us talking about these new guys coming in, buying into the culture, the coaches that set that expectation down to that culture. And then you get the players enforcing it, which I think is a, exceptional to have overall top to bottom. I also like coach Witt was kind of asked about the importance of the Florida game, you know, the perception of like, Oh, PAC 12 SEC. And I thought he had a really good answer on it overall. Just saying like, Hey, we know every game's important and we know what we've been able to accomplish the last few years. And we have faith and trust in our guys, basically along the lines of that. I thought that was a good answer. And uh, the last thing we'll talk about very quickly is once again, from our friend, Josh for KSL.com. He did ask um, coach Witt was asked today about his future with Utah and if he sees an end soon. And it was kind of similar to what he said before. This is a quote from Josh Furlong. You guys can find this on his Twitter page. This is how Witt answered the question he was asked. He said, I mean, it's drawn closer for everybody. I'm 63 years old and I've been at this a long time. At some point it's going to come to an end. I can just say right now I'm having a blast. I've got energy. I got the enthusiasm, excitement, passion. As soon as that leaves, I think it's time to step down. But right now, I'm taking it year by year, and I know I'm fired up for the season. And Dante, even just listening to Coach Witt in the press conference, he just seemed excited to be there. He mentioned it was his 30, 20, closing in on, was this going to be his 18th season coaching, I believe. Um, and overall, he is at, or actually, this might be 19th. I might be getting my numbers. Either way, it's 30 years for him since he got to Utah. But he still sounded excited to be there, excited for the season and everything. So I just, I don't see Coach Witt going anywhere anytime soon, Dante, at least for the next couple of years. I just, I don't see him retiring once he passes the 20 season mark, then this can become more of a conversation. But this, I did not get like last dance vibes at all from Coach Wade at Pac-12 Media Day. Yeah, neither neither did I. I think you just have to take a look at the, the tone that he speaks in and just the way that he speaks. And it's like, does he want to leave? Simple as that. And I think the answer is simply no. Um, obviously, that time's going to come probably sooner rather than later. Like I'd imagine it would come within the next eight to 10, eight to 10 years probably. But I mean, as for right now, as long as Utah keeps winning, I, I don't see him going anywhere or really wanting to leave. You know, he sounds enthusiastic um, as long as he's going to uh, give the players the, the mentorship, the guidance that they need throughout their time and be enthusiastic about the program and really um, emphasize what Utah football is all about in order to get the most out of his players. Um, I don't think he's going to leave. And as long as he just knows that, like, as, I think I think Witt has a better like has a better gauge on this than anyone. Whereas it's like, as soon as he loses it, I don't think he's going to prolong it. And it's going to turn mm-hmm. into like a Jim Beheim situation at, at for Syracuse basketball, where it's like, mm-hmm. he's a legend, but the team, the team stinks, you know, simply put. And a lot of that is because of Jim Beheim because his style of ball was just outdated and Syracuse was getting ran. He couldn't talk to kids that were 60 years younger than him, you know? So I think 
what's not going to have it where it's going to where Utah football is going to be like Syracuse basketball. You know, when it's time to go, I think he's going to know. And I think he's definitely going to step away like sooner rather than later before Utah football ends up declining because he's not going to be um, as good as he once was. But I mean, I, I see him staying for an, at least the next three to four years, probably. Yeah, I feel the same way as well. And you mentioned it's just kind of crazy when you get to that point with an older coach and they don't really want to leave or just things kind of start to go awry a little bit. Like there's a lot of rumors right now that Bill Belichick's on the hot seat this season, which in terms of his coaching ability seems crazy. But then I look at some of the draft picks he's made as GM for them and just the whole decision to make Matt Patricia, who was a defensive coordinator and offensive coordinator all of a sudden. That's where it's just kind of a little crazy stuff like that. I think that leads to him being there. I still don't expect him to get fired. But once again, just an interesting thing when you kind of get to the end with a coaching legend and if he does or doesn't want to go. But I agree. I don't think he's going to prolong that, especially because he feels like he has a good assistant waiting in the wings in Morgan Scalley, who is, I think, poised to be much more of a Urban Meyer to Ryan Day than, oh, Dante, you know college football. Give me a bad coach transition when someone stepped down. Do you got one for me? Bad coach transition when somebody stepped down. Um, didn't go well. Didn't Washington have that a little bit? Uh, Washington. Yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, definitely. Yeah. That would was be the it Chris Peters too. Chris Peterson to Jimmy Lake. Yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah. that was horrible. Okay, yeah, thank just, you. yeah. Didn't That's go. Didn't go well for them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just didn't go that way. So I think Utah will be able to avoid that. Last thing we're going to talk about before we get out of here was uh, Commissioner Kalyakov spoke to the Pac-12 media, much anticipated without a media rights deal. Overall, I, I still feel good about the position the Pac-12's in. I shouldn't say good, but I feel fine about it like i just once again everyone wants to say doom and gloom like utah is going to lead the pac-12 all this i didn't get that i still feel like utah is going to be all right with this i thought he sounded confident i thought he did a good job addressing and taking questions he had one small slip up when he basically implied that the media rights deal was done but said they weren't announcing it today because of they wanted to keep the focus on football and then when pressed on that said told the reporter he was reading into it too much i thought the reporter did a good job pressing him on it so i thought that was the only kind of slip up there but overall i still feel good about utah standing in the pac-12 i feel like they're still going to get a media rights deal done and I, i still feel like this is going to work out all right for them just based on everything we've heard from the conference office and look i understand that everyone is doubting them and everything out there too and look, this is hard to form opinion on because we don't have all the facts because we're not in the room. We don't know what the deals look like. There's just a lot of rumors flying around there. But as long as Mark Harlan's going to continue to sound confident, who was also in attendance at Pac-12 Media Day and was on the stage with Commissioner Kalikoff taking questions, I'm going to trust in him because he has only made good decisions. And that's what's earned him an extension with this Utah football, with this Utah athletics program overall. So I still feel good about the position that Utah is in. And I think it's going to work out fine for them to stay in what seems like it's just going to be the Pac-10, at least for now, Dante. As do I, you know, I, I don't see a reason to to go crazy and believe that Utah's going to make some outlandish move. You know, you look at, like you said, the way that George Klavkov spoke yesterday um, was just very confident and seemed very confident about the overall standing of the Pac-12. Whereas when Larry Scott was commissioner, there was a new thing every single year about the Pac-12 running rampant or just some, some new news about Larry Scott messing up. And that seemed to be the case way more often than not. And now with George Klavkov, yeah, that's 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 not not there as much. And I think he's done a decent job at kind of building the Pac-12 back up rather than just kind of adding to the fire that Larry Scott created. I think he's done a done a fine job at kind of managing um, managing what he got himself kind of into by by taking this taking that position. Um, so I'm not I'm not too worried about Utah standing whatsoever. You know, there, there's no reason to be. And I think that the Pac-12 with the 10 that they currently have. Um, are, are still are still quite strong. You know, I think Colorado is on the up and up, and I think that's kind of going to be a big X factor. If Colorado ends up sticking out with the Pac-12 and ends up being very good, and that's, that's five five quality teams every year that you can rely on in, in the Pac-12 conference, for football at least. I think Oregon State is going to stay around that eight and four 
mark at the very worst. I mean, throughout Jonathan Smith's tenure, Washington is on the is already on the up and up. Um, Oregon looks good. Utah, obviously, and then Colorado, if they're able to add another another quality team to that mix, I think that the Pac-12 is going to be very strong. But then again, you don't know with Colorado. Dion's made. Dion's been talking a lot, and you never really know with them. But at the end of the day, a lot of it has all been speculation. You know, I think a lot of the, the Utah conference realignment stuff has been. Um, has been kind of being being talked about since the last year, really. Like I remember July 4th of 2022 was when it really started to heat up and there really hasn't been much since then. You know, Utah has not moved anywhere in the last year. And that's what a lot of people have been talking about um, when in reality, hardly anything has happened. So um, I, I'm not too worried about Utah standing. Yeah, and the exciting thing is, uh, look, hopefully the media rights deal wraps up soon, but we are closing in on football season, which I know we're all excited to get football back and be talking about the games overall. And fall camp is right around the corner. And Dante, people want more college football talk in general. Where should they head over to and what should they be looking at? Head over to my Twitter account. Got some articles up right now. I'm covering 69 different college football teams in 69 uh, days. All the articles will be finished by the Utah, Florida. That That's like the first major day of college football so that's the day that the last one's going to be posted um so on that day 69 articles covering each and every uh power five college football team last year was 64 65 but now it's 69 because of byu ucf houston and um and the other one cincinnati so obviously some new teams in there that um weren't being covered last year and then after that there's gonna be some like top 25 stuff as well so um if you want to just see a breakdown of pretty much any team um, you can go check that out. A lot of them aren't, aren't up yet. We're about like halfway through. So I'm going from West to East. So Pac-12, Big 12, Big 10, um, SEC, ACC kind of thing. So um, a lot of those teams that are on the East Coast haven't been covered yet, but a lot of the ones on the West Coast have. So if you want to go just simply learn about some more uh, some more teams that you'll be watching this fall, uh, go check out my Twitter account and a bunch of them are linked down there. Make sure you guys head over to Dante's Twitter at Dante Guardi and check that all out. Dante, thanks for joining us. No problem. Appreciate you for having me, JT. That is going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Youth, but we'll be back on tomorrow's show where we're going to be breaking down the comments made by Cam Rising and Cole Bishop at Pac-12 Media Day. We'll see you then.